Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women with Gemma Serenity. Today, coming from the UK for the second time, here is Dee Dillon. She is a codependency recovery coach for women who have come out of abusive relationships and have now realized that it was codependency and want to heal from it. And today's topic is the damages of fairy tales, managing our expectations regarding relationships. Welcome, Dee. So happy to see you again. Thank you, Gemma. Thank you so much for having me on again. Absolutely. All righty. So I don't know if everybody heard your first episode, so let's just do it again. Can you please give us a quick overview of the major events in your life that shaped who you are today? Wow, quick overview. It's very difficult to uh, it put is. your whole life in a, in a few centimeters. So <laughs> this is why I really say, okay, maybe pick a few events that, yeah. that are major in your yeah. um, self-realization. Um, well, it, I think um, the major things that happened in my life was the fact that I have actually been in a number of um, abusive relationships. Mm-hmm right from the beginning of my adult um adulthood basically um where you know the relationships start off really well and everything's going well but then obviously something just goes horribly wrong um and the abuse just takes over the entire Mm -hmm. relationship Mm -hmm. and i started to lose myself in that relationship as well as to who i was and what i stood for because of the relationship uh, because of the abuse in the relationship Mm -hmm. um yeah so I was in that first relationship for 13 years um been through all of the physical abuse the emotional abuse the the mental abuse um and then when I finally got out and it took a couple of attempts to leave the relationship when I finally got out of that relationship um I started to rebuild my life I had to basically start from scratch um at the age of 30, 32 mm-hmm. with two kids in tow um, and they were quite young at that at that time um, only to fall for somebody who was just as abusive um, in my early 40s late late 30s early 40s um, although that would that relationship wasn't physically abusive it was very emotionally and mentally abusive mm-hmm. um and then when I again when I finally came across you know the, the fact that this is abuse um and coming across that term narcissism and then going looking into codependency that's when I had that mind shift that turnaround as mm-hmm. to oh okay now I know what it is I can do something about it so it's not just them it's me too and I need to do something within myself in order to ensure that I don't then fall prey again I don't go back into these kind of relationships exactly I keep keep attracting them yeah this is a fear because then you you, you look at okay so I already wasted I don't know like five years or something and then I I waste another another five years another 10 years it's like what am I doing 
Yeah. If life is all along that way, is it really worth it? Absolutely. And it wasn't just those relationships. It was everybody around me that I had mm. to reevaluate, you know, as to how totally understand I that. was being treated by them. And because it was a couple of friends as well, you know, mm-hmm. who would just take advantage of me. And I would say, yes, 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 every time, you know. Yeah, there is, there, there is a fine line between saying yes to everything and saying yes to opportunities. Mm. Oh, because, yes. Because, because if you take the contrary and you say no to everything and everyone, you are cutting yourself from so many opportunities to discover, to, 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 to have mm. other experiences and everything. And when you say yes to everything and everyone, it's also potentially uh, putting you into a party as well. Oh, because then indeed taken advantage of, um, given everything for free, um, not being filled in return. But I didn't see it like that at that time, gentlemen. To me, it was like, oh, I'm just being nice. And if somebody needs something, whether that's my time or borrowing money or whatever it may be, um, I just saw it as, oh, you're my friend and that's what I would do for you and you would do for me right um only to then see from my own eyes once I started to look into all of the the codependency and the traits and the signs and symptoms was that I wasn't getting that back from my friends you know it was Mm -hmm. always d can you do this for me d you because they knew that I would not say no even though they knew I was busy even though I've got kids to look about and feed and you know, my own businesses and all, all of this, they knew that I would drop everything for and them. do what I need to do for, for them. Mm. And sometimes that was at the expense of my own, you know, caretaking, my own sanity, my own, you know, giving up my time. Um, uh, but that was because I didn't know how to say no. True. And at and the same time, you that, felt, a part of you felt very good offering to others your help mm. because then you had some you, you hoped to have some validation and some feel good feeling yeah. because you were helping so yes. that was the other factor right absolutely absolutely you know it was that validation as well it's like yes you know they they liked me because I did something for them you know rather than thinking well I should be liked and accepted and loved for who I am not exactly Exactly. <laughs> I think we you all know, do that kind of um, mistake in life. Well, yes, I th- but I think when you're codependent, it takes over your life. It mm-hmm. becomes an obsession where you're thinking more about the other person and doing more for them, and completely neglecting yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the and and you say there is a fine line, but there's a yeah, fine there line is a fine line. Everything you know. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're neglecting yourself and you're not thinking about, you know, your own finances, your own personal hygiene and your own, I don't know, um, what your household requires and what your own wants and needs are mm-hmm. and everything goes out the, out the window, that's when it becomes a problem for you. Exactly. That's when you, you have to stop and think, actually, I really need to take care of 
me. I really need to do the things that I need to do and want to do. When I have time, then I will come and look about you and I will help you with whatever you need. If I can. If I can, yes. This is, so what I, this is what I learned to add. Okay, so is there anything I can do for you? If I can help you, I will. Yeah, If absolutely. I can. And yeah. then if I realize yeah. that it's too much of an ask for me, I say, okay, but that's that I cannot. What I can do is that. And I, and I propose something else. I suggest something else. But then the guilt starts to set in. Yes. Because <laughs> you just said, um, when I can and if I can and... You know, the guilt starts to set in that, oh, I really should have gone and helped them. I really should have done what they asked me to do. You know, and then that starts to take over and then you start overthinking on that, on that guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it can be a little bit of a roller coaster and you can go around and around in circles with the whole thing. But mm-hmm. it is, once you learn how to stand your ground and once you learn that it is okay to say no without having that guilt, mm-hmm. you, you kind of like, feel less yeah you kind of feel less guilty about everything and you shouldn't feel guilty for saying no when you can't do something rather than putting yourself out on occasion after occasion right (laughs) so d i have a specific question for you okay you have gotten those two um specifically two abusive relationships, but actually many more in other um, environments of your life. There is a moment when your mind shifts, when you do not accept anymore, where enough is enough. Do you remember, I don't know if it is an event, if it is a thought, if it is an inspiration, what happens that you realize I cannot continue that way. I have to put a hard stop now. Yeah. What happened? Well, but the first relationship was my kid's kid's father, who I was with for, for 13 years. Um, I think eventually, when I did leave for the final time, it was the fact that he started to mistreat the kids which he had never done before, but, and I always said to him that, fine, if that's how you want to treat me, and this is obviously another symptom of codependency, that's how you want to treat me, that's fine, but do not treat my kids in any shape or form with, you know, contempt or abuse or, you know, hitting them or anything like that. And that started where he wasn't taking them to school and nursery at the time. So he's completely leaving them to their own devices. And the the little one was only two at the time, Mm. you know? So as soon as that started out, that's when I said, no, no, this cannot continue. You know, it cannot happen because I know as soon as it starts to happen. It will happen again. Yeah. Between that stop. So you have to do something to stop it, actually, to really make it, put a hard stop. So this is when you left or this is when you what? It took me a while to sort things out because what I did, I, you know, got keys to an apartment that took a couple of weeks. Um, I started putting furniture in that, in that apartment. So it took me a couple of weeks to get there, but 
this time I was determined because I thought I cannot put my kids through this anymore. You know, and I thought that was the end of it. I thought, right, that's it. I'm out of, you know, he's out of my life and I'm out of his life and he can go about do whatever he needs to do. And I thought that was it. Yeah, exactly. Like like it's a fairy tale. Yeah. That's it. Okay. I see my children. I'm their princess charming. And um, and now we are going to live happily ever after. So little kids, two years old, now grow. And you are here. Huh? Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's, it, that, that is not life. It never, you know, there are always going to be something, right? There's always going to be um, issues and challenges that come up in, in your life where you have to learn to deal with them. Definitely. And this is the thing. It was at that time I wasn't dealing with them. I was just sweeping everything under the carpet. And yes. thinking, I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with or that never. later. Yeah, but they do. It Everything disappears. It comes back and bites you in the butt. <laughs> it does. It, it's it so surprising. Everything. I mean, it's true. It does. Everything has a funny way of doing that, doesn't it? Yes. And that's exactly what happened because I didn't deal with that. The mentally, I didn't deal with any of it. I just put it to the back of my mind. I repressed everything, suppressed everything, whichever way you want to you know, see it, um, only to then attract another person and then another person and then another person, you know? It's and then with, the, with my last relationship, which lasted four years, um, yeah, it was the snide comments, the belittling, the um, making me feel... Uh, uh, there is no sound anymore. I don't hear you anymore. So, yeah, I totally understand um, when your kids are the center of your attention, you just say, you know what, I do everything for them. I don't care about me because whatever he treats me, I'm fine. I don't want them to, I don't, I don't want him to treat my kids that way. So now I'm safe. I'm in a new situation, new apartment, everything's all right. And um, I'm a, I am my own happy lucky girl again because everything is fine. So let's go and meet and date and, and meet up new people. And did you realize how much we are able to make ourselves believe that we are all fine? Yeah. And it's a mindset thing, isn't it? It is. So it, and you believe yourself that you are totally fine. You are at peace. You dealt with it. You know what? Yes, I dealt with it. I cut ties. Did you deal with it? I thought I dealt with it. Just, just look, thinking back right now, yes. Gemma, I thought I dealt yes. with it. And I was continuing on with life. And I was going to work, you know, dropping my kids off. One to nursery, one to school. It took me an hour and a half whole journey just to get from nursery school to work mm-hmm. catching eight buses eight just, to, buses. just to do that yes every morning and I thought I was dealing with it all okay and it took me it took about a year for me to have almost have a breakdown 
because I didn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. Where I turned up, when I couldn't, I just couldn't turn up to, to work. I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I went to the doctors, and as soon as I sat in the doctor's office, I just broke down. Yeah. They, of course, started to cry yeah. and just you couldn't. Because you know why? I know why exactly. Why at the moment you sit down to tell what's wrong with your mind, why do you cry at that moment in time? Because suddenly the words, I am victim of domestic violence, I am codependent, I, I am dealing with so much self-guilt, self-blame, I am responsible for everything and I couldn't deal with it. All those words come to your mind. This is what you intend to say. And when you hear already your thought going that way, it's like, it cannot be. It cannot be. And then the shame is so big. It's the shame. Yes. The shame is so big that you just like, you cannot hold yourself back anymore. It's like, it's too much. Yeah. And it, it was the shame. That is the biggest thing for codependence. You know, it's the shame of everything where we don't want to face that. We don't want to look at what, what's happened to us and where it's come from and accept it. And it's, you're in denial and it's not happening. And me, who, of course not, you know, but as soon as someone then either mentions it um, we go into this, you know, really kind of like shameful, meek person. Um, or we become very, you know, argumentative with, with the person. But yes, yeah, so that was the, the breaking point for me, really, Gemma, was that having that breakdown and, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I thought I was okay, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. And something needs to something needs to give here, but mm-hmm. it, at that time I didn't quite know what it was. Mm-hmm. I still had no clue. I thought it was just the physical abuse, and that's what I had to deal with. And because that's not happening anymore, um, I must be okay, right? Yeah. No. Mm-mm. It's amazing how we are led to believe that domestic violence only means hitting physically Mm. when there are so many other ways to control someone to force someone to do something he or she doesn't want to to overtly guilt trip the other person to make sure to gain his or her favors. And all these things are not seen in the physical because they are all emotional, they are all mental, they are all in your mind, in your spirit, in your in your thoughts. It's not seen, but it is still abuse, it is still domestic violence, oh, it is still not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I realized that's what I realized when I came out of my last relationship which lasted for four years and it wasn't physical at all. No physical abuse was happening. Um, It was all mental, emotional, even spiritual. Yes. All of that was intertwined in in the whole abuse. Yes. Um, And a lot of the time he, he would mask his comments and his belittling and his, you know, he'd mask it 
oh, it was a joke. It's just banter. Why are you getting so upset over you? You're so, you're so sensitive. You know, even that comment in itself is, is abuse. Mm -hmm. So sensitive. What's, what's the matter with you? You know, it's just a joke. So all of that, I didn't realize at that time either that this is abuse. I'm, I'm getting it again in a different way. Um, and then when I did finally came to me, um, and I, somebody must be looking out for me. Um, but as soon as I did some research around narcissism and narcissist abuse and, you know, um, looking at also codependency, that's when everything just came together for me. That's when my eyes were opened. That's when I had my light bulb moment yes. as to why it's not, not just attracting all of these people because I do not concentrate on that anymore. A lot of you know um, people who do the same work that I, I do concentrate mm -hmm. on the narcissism. Mm -hmm. I don't concentrate on that. I want healing. So I'll concentrate on the codependency and how you can heal from that. Mm -hmm. From your because we can't change other people, right? Right. So why concentrate on the narcissist? Why concentrate mm -hmm. on the toxic people? Mm -hmm. We can only change ourselves, our world our thoughts, our behaviours, our feelings. So that's what I concentrate on when I work with, with my clients. Definitely. And that's where my, my journey started, really. Concentrating on myself from looking back at my history, mm -hmm. from accepting everything, from, um, you know, who, are, who am I? Because I'd lost that person. I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I stood for. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I liked and what I wanted, what I needed. Mm -hmm. I had no clue where I saw myself in a few years' time, five years' time, 10 years' time. Mm -hmm. Because I just rolled with, oh, it's today, today, and I'll deal with it. You know, tomorrow's tomorrow, I'll deal with it then. I had no plan for, for anything and what I wanted out of life, you know, just to design my own life. So if we take the topic of the day, which is really like how the fairy tales are damaging us, it's true. In a fairy tale, you see this longing for love, longing for relationships. Mm -hmm. You see this uh, princess who is either waiting or often waiting abused or not mm -hmm. but waiting for a prince charming to come and save her and the prince charming has to go through a whole lot of all kind of obstacles and <coughs> terrifying things and everything to then being able to embrace her marry her be happily ever after and have many kids think about that I mean, think about that and, and, and we always see them so young like a 20 years old face yeah all of them yeah and that young. creates this expectation that by the age of 25 maximum you must be married and having kids so that you can be the princess charming of the prince charming and live happily ever after 
God, life is not that way. It certainly is not. I mean, most people would want that. Yes. There's nothing wrong with wanting that. There's nothing wrong with um, wanting a soulmate, you know, someone who can come and not necessarily rescue you. Exactly. You know, we want someone to come and be our equal. Exactly. To, you know, share our experiences with. Mm-hmm. We want someone to grow old with. Exactly. You know, and, and to yes, love. There may be an element of, you know, living happily ever after. In exactly. That. And even that—that that is a, a, an interesting perception. I mean, if we could create that soil in our mind to really live happily ever after Mm -hmm. from both parts of the couple not only one both and to really definitely long for happiness and and find ways to make ourselves happy and to be happy together and this is the problem with fairy tales it's like Fairy tales are great, don't get me wrong. We've always had human beings love to tell stories, obviously. We've done it for centuries, you know. They have a history. It's great telling stories. We like to have those archetypes of warrior and lover and and all of all of them in between, really. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the essence of the story, really, isn't it? Yes. But it it yes, it's the, the problem arises when it's it's the archetype wants to the archetype of the warrior is going to come and rescue the passive female character who's just waiting to be swept off her feet by this young beautiful, beautiful rich. Man. Yes. <laughs> young, rich, and handsome. Let's not beat about the bush here because a lot of them are, are white. You know, where's the inclusion? Where's the? I, mean, the I think they made. I, I think they, they recently made one or two of yes. those movies just to say no, 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 no. We are for inclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's okay. starting slowly. It, 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 it's, it's 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 slow. Not just that. It's with the you know. It's with the gender fluid. It's with the same sex yes. couples. Where where yeah. is all of that? Right. You know. Because that, if you look at the cross-section of our society as it is now, that's what's included in that. That's what we see, you know, and it is beautiful to see, you know, because we're all different. It's not about, you know, young, white, middle-class male coming to rescue, you know, a damsel in distress and off they go, get married, live happily ever after, and, and that's the end of the story we all deal with adversities. We all have to deal with challenges in the relationship. We all have to deal with the ups and downs and have to think about our communication. What happens after marriage? What happens when you think, oh yes, they are living happily ever after in this fairy tale? And nobody Where's knows. the rest of the story? Right. <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> and, and then I, I remember having seen a few uh, caricature, caricature. I think we said it that way. When, yes. yeah, when after that they got like five or ten kids, and you yeah. can see the princess like a mother, 
sleepless with three children in her hands on her back, another one down there giving the bottle to this one and bringing the dog back. And, uh, and, uh, and, and the man like, can you come over? I mean, you are so slow. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's almost like the misogyny there is being portrayed really, isn't it? You know, and that, and that, yes, that does happen in real life. And, you know, that's part and parcel of what we have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, you know? But I think, again, it comes down to not everyone wants that. Not everyone wants to even be in a relationship. You know, for myself, it's like I'm happily single. I've been happ happily single for the last two and a half years. Yeah, and I'm, being in a relationship isn't even on my radar at the moment. Totally. It's not something that I'm looking at. It's not something that I really want. Yeah. So it's, it's great having those, you know, fairy tales and looking at their stories and great for entertainment. Yes. But in terms of does it apply to us today? But does it? Does it? You know, I was asking, I was asking my, my daughter, I was, I was talking to her about it. Right. And she said the exact same thing. It's like, well, I can't see anybody in these, you know, she mentioned the word archaic. They're so archaic, mum. It is. It is. <laughs> but the funny part is that even if you take it back a hundred or two hundred years ago with those same stories, mm -hmm. it was still not real. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. an ideal that you create in your mind and then you're faced with all the obstacles of building a healthy relationship. Yeah. And you actually don't know how to do that, especially when you're 20 years old and you grew up in a not fully functional family. Well, I think it starts in, in the teaching, the teaching of our kids, the teaching of uh, the younger generation. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, was it, is it Kira Knightley who has banned her daughter from watching Cinderella? because of what that stands for, you know? But again, it's like, at some point, she will watch that movie. Yeah, she will. She will, you know, whether it's when she's a bit older and her mom says, yeah, this fine for you to watch it now, but what's di what difference would it have made? It's about having the conversations around whatever it is that you're watching. If you With have this conversation way. and you can clarify the meaning, uh -huh before it comes because one of the things that you also learned throughout um, experience is when we are at, not even when we are kids at any moment in time an event happens yeah. for everybody an event happens the meaning everyone gives to that event may it be a fairy tale or, or an accident or something whatever it is the meaning we give in our mind, the events, the way we tell the story of what happened makes all the difference mm -hmm. between is it something that is going to shape you for good? Is it going to create a belief in your subconscious mind for your highest good or for your demise? Absolutely, you know, and, and again, it, but it does, it comes back to having those conversations with, with your children. I, I'm not telling anyone how to parent their kids here. That's not what this is about. You know, it's just an example that I've, I've come up with as to, you know, somebody who's banned Cinderella in their, in their household. 
and that's fine. That's how you run your household. Um, but when it comes to children, we and we underestimate underestimate children so much. You know, they they do have their own minds. They do have their own thoughts and their feelings about what they've seen on TV and what they're hearing on the internet or seeing on the internet and and all of this. Mm-hmm. But we have to then again. It's about having those chats with them, sitting down and saying, well, what do you think? And where do you sit with, with this? And, you know, I'm here for you if you want to talk about that. You know, my youngest is very much into the whole LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. community. You know, that's not what, it's, that's not where she is in her like sexual orientation or anything like that. And she's still exploring sweetness. all of that. Or maybe she's just fine. here. If she's, you can she's just, yeah, she just loves the community. Just like I love drag queens, you know, it doesn't mean to say that I'm going to become one. I just love the creativity. I love what they stand for. I love, you know, that what they do. Great, you know. And all of these society, societies and communities and these people who are different and creative and so interesting to me, mm-hmm. where are they in these fairy tales and these, you know, movies that, that we watch? Well, since then we have one Black Panther movie that just does success. There is one crazy agent, crazy rich agent that comes and just like showcase and all the rest. How about all the rest? Yeah. As I say, it's moving slowly and we're getting there, but I think it needs to be on a grander scale. And I I think it needs to be working quicker. Mm So well, I'm, we'll get there, I'm sure, I'm sure. And we will see those, those different characters. And, and, and we start to see, we start to see them, but it's, it's a slow moving process. I yeah. think it's like, it's as slow as changing the culture. Yeah. It takes decades. It does take time, you know, it does take it's time okay. to catch up with yeah. what's really going on in, in the world and our reality around us, isn't it? And I think that... Uh, the more people we can touch and change from within mm-hmm. so that you can open them up, make them become conscious, yeah. share stories of what Absolutely. is really going on. That's what it's about. It's that social consciousness. Exactly. Consciousness that's evolving. It's evolving. It Slowly is. but surely it's evolving and I'm, I'm sure that we'll, we'll get there. Thank you so much, Dee, for this conversation. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. It's, it's a different one, but it's, you know, we've got to put it out there, really, haven't we? Right? Yes. Yeah. It is our responsibility to do so. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So thank you for giving me the space. Absolutely. And thank you for being here and sharing your wisdom, your experience, and your ideas. Thanks, Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.